الحج أشهر معلومات فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحج المبرور ليس له جزاء إلا الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulama kiram brothers and elders we are in this mubarak time which is known as the days of hajj very mubarak month that we are in dhul hijja and those who had been blessed with this great opportunity the hujjaj to go for hajj they are already there or on their way there many of us would not be present for Hajj this year Allah Ta'ala grants some opportunity sometime but nevertheless there are many lessons of Hajj which are applicable to all of us all the time and that is what we need to focus on the lessons that came to us on the occasion that Rasulullah performed Hajj which is known as the Hajjatul Wada the farewell pilgrimage Rasulullah after Hajj became first performed one Hajj in his life. And this Hajj was performed at a time when he was about to leave this dunya. Barely three months before Rasulullah left this dunya, 81 days precisely after Hajj, Nabi left this dunya. So this was towards the end of his mission in this dunya, in this world. And as a result, this was an opportunity to summarize the most important aspects of deen and in front of this gathering of more than a hundred thousand sahaba and obviously the time was very limited so on the various occasions of hajj in Mina, in Arafat, etc. Rasulullah delivered many khutbahs and in these khutbahs he gave many advices and it's obvious that the most important things would be highlighted and everything would be summarized and each of these things are meant to be inscribed on our hearts. There were many khutbahs that Nabi Wasallam delivered in this time. Among the various khutbahs he delivered, one of them was on Yawmul Nahar, the 10th of Zul Hijjah. Rasulullah addressed the Sahaba Ikram and he asked them that ayyu yawmin hadha first question he put to them is what day is this so all were aware that it's a very great day very sacred day so they replied yawmun haram this is a very sacred day so ayyu baladin hadha which place is this says baladun haram is a very sacred place which month is this they replied it's a very sacred month now this was a manner of highlighting a point. At first Rasulullah asked them these questions. And after all of them replied and they confirmed that they are well aware that this is a very sacred place, sacred time, sacred month. Rasulullah then says that Inna dima'akum wa amwalakum wa a'aradakum عَلَيْكُمْ حَرَامٌ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا That you are well aware of and are confirming and affirming that this is a very sacred place. The day is sacred, the month is sacred. So there's so many things all combined. Like in our understanding, if it's the month of Ramadan, and then on top of that it's the 27th night, 
And if it happened to be on a Juma night as well. So now so many things are all gathered. And if the person was in the Haram Sharif at that time, say, this is really something great, beyond imagination. Nabi Islam is highlighting the same thing here. That the three things put together, how great this is. Such a sacred day, sacred place, sacred month. Nabi Islam says, all this put together cannot match the sanctity of a mu'min. The sanctity of a mu'min, whether it is his life, his wealth, his honor, this is greater in sanctity than all these three things put together. It's more, as we will say, more holy. It is more greater in respect and honor than all these three aspects combined. And then Nabi Wasallam uh, highlighted how important this is. That a mu'min is honored at every moment in time. A mu'min is not, his honor is not vilified in any way. His honor is not trampled in any way. Once Rasulullah was making tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif. And as making tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif, again to highlight the same point, he addresses the Kaaba Sharif. That ma atyabak, subhanallah, how wonderful you are. Ma atyabarihak. How wonderful is your fragrance? Ma'azamak. How great you are. Your sanctity is so great. And thereafter Rasulullah sallallahu then says that وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَحُرْمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنِ أَعْزَمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ حُرْمَةً مِنْكِ That O Kaaba Sharif, as great as you are, but the sanctity of a mu'min and the greatness of a mu'min in the court of Allah Ta'ala is even greater than you. His wealth, his life, وَأَنَّ بِهِ إِلَّا خَيْرًا And that a person should always have a good opinion of the next Muslim. This right of his is greater than the right of the Kaaba Sharif also. Can we imagine to what extent the honor and the dignity of a mu'min has been highlighted in these ahadith? And in this khutbah by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So the things that trample the honor of a mu'min, whether it is to backbite a mu'min, make ghibat about him, to slander him, to swear at a mu'min, to swear at anybody for that matter is a terrible sin, but to swear at a mu'min, this is compounded. To try to humiliate him in some way, to disgrace him, all these things are against the dictates of the sanctity and the honor of a mu'min. And unfortunately these things nowadays become just playthings. Person receives some message some from, on some chat group, some social media message comes and it's running somebody down. He has no idea what the reality is and the next moment he has pressed sent to all, he sent it to hundred people and he's made hundred rebirth in that one press of a button. And he's running the honor of a mu'min into the ground without any concern. And Nabi Islam is highlighting this in this Hajjatul Wada. Then among the things Nabi Islam highlighted on one occasion, among the various khutbahs that he gave, he addressed the Sahaba again and said to them, Allah la tazlimu. Allah la tazlimu. Allah la tazlimu. Three times Nabi Islam is highlighting. Beware, don't ever commit oppression. Don't ever commit oppression. And after having said this three times, then the Beast says that La Yahillu Malum Muslimin illa bi nafsin min. 
that the wealth of a mu'min is only permissible if he has parted with it wholeheartedly. You cannot take somebody's thing until he is wholeheartedly happy to part with it. Otherwise this will constitute oppression. And oppression in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, الظلم ظلمات يوم القيامة That this oppression will be means, a means of great darkness on the day of Qiyamah. And in this darkness a person will fall off that bridge of Sirat and Allah forbid into Jahannam. So three times Nabi Islam highlighted this. First by saying, don't covet any oppression. And anybody's wealth cannot be taken without him being wholeheartedly happy to part with it. Many a time, certain things become norms in society. And then a person has to now part with something because of societal pressure. There are many things, for example, they have now a bridal shower. Somebody is getting married, so the person, and generally is only woman invited because they are the easy ones to exploit. So there is a bridal shower. So now the bridal shower means anybody comes must come along with a gift. This is a very sophisticated and a dignified way of begging. But now the person now is invited, you don't go, that's a problem. And if you go empty-handed, that's a bigger problem. That'll become the talk of the town that this miser came along. So now the person is under duress, has to now bring along something. That goes against the dictates of this Hadith Sharif. La yahillu ma'lum muslimin illa nafsim minhu. Now there's a bridal shower and there's a baby shower. And there's a housewarming party. Now the person gets that invitation, housewarming, he has to see how hot his pocket is first. Otherwise, he's in a big problem. Now this is against the dictates of somebody parting with something wholeheartedly. He's not happy about it. He's giving it grudgingly. But now because of the society's pressure, and to take anything from somebody that he is not happy about, this is oppression, it is zulm, and this has its consequences. In the time of the Bani Israel, Amr ibn Dinar rahimahullah explains this incident. One person was a policeman, and as he was walking along the shore, he sees somebody fishing. This person had caught some fish. So he told him, Give me one fish. He said, No, this is for my family. I need to take it home. He said, okay, sell it to me. So I can't sell it to you. I need this for myself. So now he took his whoop and he whooped the person on his head, snatched the fish, and he went away. That fish was still alive and as he was walking with it, it gripped onto his thumb suddenly. Tried a lot to take it off, finally came home with great difficulty, removed it. There was a wound left there. You see, by the time, as the day passed, that wound grew. And then he was in severe pain. The next day he goes to a doctor. doctor says, this is now very, very badly infected. You have to save your hand, you have to cut the thumb off. Well, if that's the only thing to do, then no, po- no option in it, we'll have to do it. He amputated his thumb. After a day or two, his ha- palm is now in pain. Again he comes to the doctor, he says the infection is already in the palm. You want to save your hand, you'll have to cut your palm off. So, well, very well, cut the palm off. Few days later now, his forearm is in pain. Comes again, he says, this is also infected. You'll have to cut it from the elbow now. After some days now, his upper arm is in pain. He comes out running like a madman out of his house. Because now he's in this... How long is he going to carry on? And he's in this excruciating pain. In this moment he comes... Finally he comes to take some rest under one tree. And he falls asleep. And in that sleep he sees somebody in a dream saying to him, How many more limbs are you going to cut off? 
You rather go and seek the forgiveness of the person you have oppressed. And he wakes up and realizes this is a message for me. He goes back to that same spot that he had snatched the fish from. Same person is fishing there again. He says to him, please, forgive me. What do you mean forgive you? You didn't even recognize him. I'm the same person who came and snatched the fish from you. And this is what has happened to me. And this is my hand already gone. So please forgive me. The person nevertheless forgave him. The lengthy incident, just to cut it short, he said to him, Okay, tell me, when I snatched the fish and went away, you cursed me, you said something. What did you say? So at that time what came on my tongue was, Ya Allah, you made him strong, made me weak. And as a result, because of his strength, I had no, I couldn't defend myself. Ya Allah, by that power with which you gave him strength and made me weak, I beg of you to make him an example for humanity. This is something very dangerous, the cry of the heart of an oppressed person. That, that call of the oppressed person, Allah Ta'ala says, لَيْسَ لَهَا حِجَابٌ دُونَ اللَّهِ there is no barrier between that cry of the oppressed person and the court of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, this was one of the aspects Nabi Islam highlighted in Hajjatul Wada, that a person should not commit any oppression. On one occasion, Nabi Islam addressed the Sahaba again on Hajjatul Wada, and he said to them, Fattakullah fin nisa. That remember, fear Allah wa Ta'ala with regards to your women folk, with regards to your wives. فَإِنَّكُمْ أَخَسْتُمُوهُنَّ بِأَمَانِ اللَّهِ وَاسْتَحْلَلْتُمْ فُرُوجَهُنَّ بِكَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ you have taken them as a trust from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. They are an amanat in your possession, in your control. And they have become halal for you on the name of Allah Ta'ala. So beware, Allah Ta'ala is going to ask you about this amanat on the day of Qiyamah. Do not vent your anger for every simple thing and minor things and make their lives a misery. Remember that today they might be without any kind of strength to do anything about it. But Allah Ta'ala has greater strength. Abu Mas'ud Badri radiallahu ta'ala he says, once I was whooping my slave and suddenly I hear from behind me somebody saying, I'lam Abu Mas'ud. I didn't even pay attention initially because I was so angry. And then as the voice came closer, I realized it's Rasulullah sallallahu I turned around, Nabi Sallallahu says to me, I'lam Abu Mas'ud. Allah Ta'ala has greater power over you than the power you have over your slave. Remember, today you are stronger than him. But on the day of Qiyamah, you are going to face the might of Allah. And even in this dunya, you might end up facing the might of Allah. Can you ever bear that? He said, I immediately then freed the slave. This was the compensation for the wrong I did to him. In any case, these were the, among the lessons that Nabi Islam highlighted. On one occasion, Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba, that, وَسَأُخْبِرُكُمْ مَنِ Muslim. I will tell you who is a Muslim. Who deserves this title? Who is truly deserving of this name? And then Nabi Islam explained, Al-Muslimu man saliman nasul nisanahu wa yada. The Muslim is that person who people are safe from the harm of his words and deeds. His hand and his tongue meaning his words and deeds. He doesn't hurt somebody with his tongue. He doesn't harm somebody with his hand. People are safe from him. And وَالْمُؤْمِنُ مَنْ أَمِنَهُ النَّاسُ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ A mu'min, people are safe from him in terms of their lives and wealth. They don't feel any kind of risk in his presence or feel any kind of threat from him. They are very, very comfortable that this person won't harm us in any way. 
wal muhajiru man hajara al khataya wa dhunub and who is a true muhajir nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam explaining who is a true muhajir the true muhajir hajar means to leave the true muhajir is the one who has left out sins these are very mubarak days that we are passing every amal in this day and these nights is very great among the things we should be doing is making sincere tawbah coming back to allah tabarak wa taala giving up sin making true tawbah that we will not go back to those haram actions in future and wal mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah nabi sallallahu alaihi says the true mujahid is the person who strives against his nafs in obeying allah tabarak wa taala that that nafs is dragging him towards sin dragging him towards haram he does not give in to that he strives against that temptation and he does not disobey allah taala he does what allah taala wants him to do he doesn't give in to the temptation of that eye to look at haram the temptation of the ears to listen to haram the temptation to now speak haram and to do any other thing that allah taala has forbidden he strives against that nafs he tempers those desires and he keeps the obedience of allah taala in front of him all the time this person is a true mujahid he will be raised as the greatest mujahid on the day of qiyamah and then just to finish off on this on one occasion again in the hajjatul wada nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam towards the end of this hajj he asked the sahaba that did i convey the message ala halbal laghtu did i convey the message they replied naam nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said allahumma ashhad ya allah you may testimony that they have borne this they have given evidence to this that i have conveyed the message to them they have affirmed it and then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam then addressed them and said fal yuballigh ash-shahidul ghaib those who are present here have received the message it is now your duty to pass it on to those who are not here and it is this responsibility that the sahaba took on and they passed it on to others and through the ages this message has reached us this is our responsibility to keep passing it on to others also all the work of deen that takes place is also for the same objective to bring alive deen in ourselves and deen in the whole ummah and for this is all the efforts of deen the ijtima that take place next month is ijtima in durban all this is for us to be part of to bring deen in our lives and deen in the entire ummah allah taala give us the tawfiq of inscribing these lessons of